Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Low Back Pain Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Grant Elliott with the Rehab Fix Online Low Back Program. Today's topic is lateral disc herniations, disc bulges. How often are they? How to identify them and some initial steps that you can take towards recovery. Last episode, we discussed cycling and low back pain. Why do cyclists deal with low back pain? Does cycling cause low back pain? Should you keep cycling if you get low back pain? The whole understanding behind that, because many individuals I work with enjoy cycling, running, exercising, all these things. So if you're a cyclist or you know someone who is a cyclist who gets low back pain, be sure to go back and listen to episode 26. But today, episode 27 is all about lateral disc bulges. This is not going to be a very long conversation. This is going to be more of a how to identify what to do quick nitty gritty. So a majority of of disc herniations or disc bulges, those are kind of umbrella terms, uh, are posterior or posterior lateral, posterior lateral more specifically. Uh, And basically what that means is the disc usually bulges out the back, the back of the disc. That's why so many individuals are usually stuck in a maybe slightly forward flexed position when they initially suffer from a disc herniation, they might feel slightly stuck forward, like difficulty to stand up straight or difficulty to lean back. Like there's a obstruction, there's a block in the back of their spine and it won't let them totally stand up straight easily. Very classic sign. I discussed this in a, another podcast on how to diagnose yourself with a disc herniation is if you've been sitting for a long period, you go to stand up and oh, difficult to stand up straight. That's very classic of a posterior, posterior lateral disc bulge. Now a lateral disc bulge is a more rare type of disc bulge, but still somewhat common and something that you should be aware of because this is a particular kind of disc bulge that is very frequently mismanaged. Now, in my opinion, almost all disc bulges are mismanaged, but the lateral is very often. And that's because it only constitutes about 7 to 12% of all disc herniations, only 7 to 12%. Now, the way to identify this initially is there's two terms we use. Sometimes we refer to an individual for having a shift. It looks like their upper body is shifted to one side relative to their pelvis. There is something called a hard shift and a soft shift. A hard shift is simply obvious and is non-reducible. Their upper body is very obviously stuck to the side. They can't really pull their hips under them. They're stuck like that. That requires, you know, a more specific, uh, patient, um, consistent approach. Sometimes it can even require the help of a friend, family member. I might coach them through a maneuver to help actually correct them and get them re-centered. A soft shift is one where they might be slightly shifted and they're able to kind of correct it on themselves. And then when they relax, they kind of slowly go back into that slightly shifted position. That is a soft shift. So what you might see with someone with a lateral disc bulge is if someone were to try to stand up straight, their feet neutral, shoulders square, keeping their shoulders square, if they try to push their hips as far as they can one way. I'm demonstrating for those of you listening. If you uh, pop on over to YouTube and watch, you'll see me do a little 
a little jig here with my hips. If you try to push your hips straight to one side and then push your hips straight to the other side and you evaluate if there's one particular side that is very restricted, very difficult to push into, that could be signs that there's a lateral component to your disc bulge. And very commonly, let's say, try to imagine this with me, if I am shifted, let's say my upper body is shifted to the right, my hips are shifted to the left. If I try to push my hips to the right, if that's my kind of shift, it's gonna be very restricted going that way. Pushing my hips to the left, it's gonna be painful, probably, and I'll probably have decent motion because that's the way that I'm shifted. My, my hips are off to the left. But if I try to cross and push my hips the opposite direction, I try to push them to the right, that's going to be really restricted. If you see a significant asymmetry with how far you can push your hips from one side to the other, that's usually indicative of a lateral disc bulge. So to keep these things short and sweet, think about this. Think about it like um, you're stacking some pillars, okay? If you're, or like, I don't know, like Kansas soup, whatever. You're, st you're stacking anything, okay? Anything that stacks, you're, st you're stacking it. And you're stacking, stacking, stacking. And then one of them is kind of shifted over to the side. And then the other one is in line with all the rest. So it's obviously off to the side. You would want to knock that thing back in so it's centered with everything else, right? It's the exact same concept we do for lateral disc bulges. Posterior bulges as well but lateral disc bulges too. So I demonstrated an exercise on my Instagram. Um, I've uploaded two videos now. I encourage you to scroll back through my IGTV for a more in-depth discussion, but also it's just posted as a regular reel as well that shows a exercise called a side glide. An exercise called a side glide. Basically, just think about it this way. Same example, if my upper body is shifted to the right and my hips are shifted to the left, I want to push my hips slowly and consistently back to the right. I want to get myself restacked, right? I don't want to stay shifted. I want to slowly push my hips to the right. So something you can do is lean against a wall. It would be with my right arm against the wall. And I would slowly push my hips into that wall. Slowly push my right hip into that wall to slowly recenter me. That is a very, very basic introductory movement to starting to correct a lateral shift or a lateral disc herniation. Now that is like 5% of what you'll need to do. Remember, you know, I, I can't give you a specific outline because I don't want to, you know, put out a framework and someone does it and then they hurt themselves because they're taking blind information, right? This is why I do full-time coaching for these things because for you, we might have to find a very specific number of reps, number of sets, the progressions, the rate at which we go through the progressions can be completely different from person to person. And if I just throw out a rep scheme right now and you jump straight to that, your body could not be ready for that and it could make your situation 10 times worse. And then you could be like, oh my gosh, I wasn't that bad before, now I'm really bad because this Grant guy said to do this. I don't want that to be the situation. So I get all the time, I get comments. Hey, how many reps? How many reps? How many reps? How many sets? I don't know because I don't know you, okay? I don't know you. I don't know your situation. Um, it could be anything. I mean, I, I start some people maybe doing 300 reps. 
Some people might do five. Okay. It's huge spectrum. Okay. So I, I'm not going to say a specific rep scheme, but that's something you can begin to mess around with and work with to see if you notice it reduces any sciatica down the leg that you might be having or any hip pain you might be having on the opposite side. It's usually radiation from the low back or if it starts to reduce your lower back pain, it starts to reduce that shift and make you stand up a little bit more straight. If so, you're on the right track and you got to work through the progressions. And that's something that you and I can work through together or you, you might be able to find if you're Nah, you, you might not be able to find it if you're searching the internet, but if you have a really, really skilled provider somewhere near you that, that understands these issues, they might be able to help you with that. But I'm here to help with these things as well because this is what I do. Um, but yeah, then we might work through some progressions where, okay, now that we're, have you shifted straight again, we might want to temporarily overcompensate to make sure we fully reduce that lateral disc bulge by pushing a little bit further than the midline, right? Really make sure we equalize both ranges, which how far you can push your hips either way. And then we might want to go into some core bracing movements, some extension work, kind of finish off the position or the uh, placement of that disc in regards to just the symptomatology the way it makes you feel, the way you're able to move. That's all I mean. I'm not meaning we're actually moving the position of your disc around. Your your spine is not that fragile. Discs don't slip. That's not what I'm saying. Just the motion or the position that your spine likes to be in to reduce your symptoms the most. That's what we're tracking here. So lateral disc herniations, 7 to 12% of herniations. You can either have a hard shift where you're stuck shifted and you can't reduce it, a soft shift where you're just slightly shifted, but you're able to kind of correct it yourself, but then it might go back to it. You're probably going to notice pushing your hips from one side to the other. You're going to be significantly more restricted pushing the hips from one direction to another in particular. And we discuss an exercise that you can start with to start correcting this shift slowly to see if you're getting on the right path before you might want to consult professional help uh, for a structured plan to fully resolve this the right way so you can avoid any further time dealing with these issues or avoid surgery or injections because lateral disc bulges, their uh, recovery rate is the worst because not many people know how to handle them, right? Like they're kind of painted this picture of, oh, it's a really bad bulge because it's lateral. That's not the case. It's not like it's a more dangerous bulge. It's a bulge that doesn't happen as often so people aren't very familiar with how to manage it. And so they kind of just try to do the same old, same old thing for all the other hundreds of people they see with low back pain, that same recipe sheet, the recipe sheet happens to not work and they say, oh, okay, I guess you should go to surgery. That's what happens a lot of the time. And we're here to prevent that. We're here to get you back to where you want to be with the right plan, back to doing the things that you want to love so you can learn how to fix yourself not find yourself in that medical hamster wheel spinning round and round and round, spending lots of money and time without results to show for it. And we're here to focus on the number one thing that matters, which is results and getting you back to 100% quality of life. So if you are struggling with low back pain, let me know. Submit an application using the link in the show notes or through the link in my bio on my Instagram, through the link on my YouTube description or my website so that you and I can meet one-on-one and work through these situations together. And if you enjoy this podcast, if you learned something from it, please leave a five-star rating if you feel it deserves it. 
leave a review as well with some kind words if you feel the need to. And if you're on YouTube, please like, comment, and subscribe. These are zero cost ways that you can help support me and help expose this podcast to more individuals so that other individuals struggling with low back issues, struggling to find help, can find the help and the results that they deserve. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.